call me sentimental, but to me, the most joyful moment in sports is the soccer goal. And when that goal happens at the World Cup, well, it's pretty good. I'm Brian Phillips. With the 2022 Men's World Cup approaching, I'm making a podcast called 22 Goals on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's about 22 of the most fire emoji goals in the history of the tournament. We're going to have so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome in. It is a very early Monday morning edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, as the clock is basically midnight here on the East Coast. We waited for Sunday Night Football. But no, more importantly, we waited through a Yankee rain delay, wishing and hoping that we'd be starting off this podcast today talking about Aaron Judge hitting his 61st home run. Wasn't in the cards. Wasn't meant to be. Aaron Judge didn't get the home run this weekend. To me, in many ways, it was karma. I didn't want that dopey home run going on Apple TV. You kidding me? You think on Friday night I wanted the Apple TV broadcast to be the one to have the Aaron Judge 61 home run? No. 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 It would have been sweet happening against the Boston Red Sox. But it's not meant to be. I'm more pleased with the fact that the Yankees won a boatload of games, that they now basically have a magic number of two. Nesta Cortez, might I add, looks a lot more like the ace than Garrett Cole. But a very good week for the Yankees. And don't let the judge stuff sidetrack you from this kind of week. Exactly what the Yankees needed as we move closer and closer to October. Um, And one note, one note here, before anybody kills the Yankees, about letting people hang around for an hour and a half, two hours. They wanted to have Aaron Judge do this moment at home this week. They got three games in Toronto. Who knows if he's going to break it? We know he was putting a lot of pressure on himself. They did everything in their power to try to give ESPN and the Yankee Stadium faithful a bump. Didn't work out. They probably sold a few more pinstripe pilsners in the process, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Not the best. Not ideal. I feel sorry for if you're out at the stadium, but no history in the Bronx. Not yet, at least. We'll see if history... Is still a thing for Aaron Judge when the Yankees return next Friday. Now, next order of business. I don't know how I want to rank this. Do I want to go with the Mets here quick? No, you know what? Let's get right to the Jets. Let's get right to the Jets. They would have led the show if it wasn't for history or lack thereof going on in the Bronx. So much for the Jets. Taking the momentum of the insanity in Cleveland and running with it week three against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I hate to say I told you so. This was a really bad spot for the Jets. The Jets are taking on a winless football team, the defending AFC champs, a team that was putrid on the offensive line, a team that couldn't get their offense in gear, that desperately, desperately,
desperately, desperately needed a win. You combine that, the circumstance in which the Jets won last week, and to me at least, this game had all the makings of a letdown written all over it. But first half, the Cincinnati Bengals gave the Jets opportunities to hang around in this football game. Jets moved the ball. Instead of the Jets finishing drives or committing self-inflicted wounds, they're kicking field goals. Can't win that way. Can't win that way. I understand it's a backup quarterback. I understand this offense is going to look drastically different when Zach Wilson returns. But the bottom line is this. You're not beating a team like Cincinnati kicking a boatload of field goals. You're not beating a team like Cincinnati when you got guys like Corey Davis setting you back 15 yards with inexplicable penalties. You're not beating Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals when you generate absolutely no pressure when it comes to actually getting to the quarterback. Because in this game, there were instances where it felt like Joe Burrow was going to go down. It felt like Joe Burrow was going to get sacked. And it felt like the Jets were going to make a big play or two. Didn't happen. I mean, how many times did you see Burrow? Oh, he's in trouble. Boom, he stays the pocket. Hits Higgins. Boom, hits Boyd. Boom, hits Chase. Might want to guard that guy. Just a little food for thought. Might want to guard that guy. Wasn't good enough. And Beningo came on the podcast on Thursday and tried to make the argument that, hey, Keep winning games. Joe Flacco's the quarterback. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't buy for a minute. To me, Zach Wilson needs to play. Thank goodness Zach Wilson is coming back. The Jets have young players that are intriguing. Garrett Wilson goes down this game. Got a lump in your throat. Comes back into this game. Great. He makes plays. You see the difference in the Jet offense when he is not out there. Garrett Wilson is a playmaker. Sauce Gardner. Even on a day when the Jets were getting beat in the first half, wasn't Sauce. Sauce did a good job today. A couple of nice knockdowns on Jamar Chase. Played pretty darn good football for a rookie corner. Looks like you have something there. Hall has looked better the last two weeks. All right, so there are some young building blocks. That's great. But in many ways, this Jet year, it centers around what you have in this head coach and what you have in this quarterback. And when Robert Sala got hired a few years ago, everybody loved the hire. I was on board. I had no issues. He wasn't my first choice. My buddy Mike Twiggleman tweeted this out earlier today, mentioning the success that Doug Peterson is having currently with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And listen, Mike and myself were like on an island with the idea of bringing Peterson. I said it for the Giants. I've said it for the Jets. Guy's a good football coach. Guy won a Super Bowl and outcoached Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl. That's somebody to me who knows a thing or two about football. But you're seeing the impact he's having with Trevor Lawrence. You're seeing the impact he's having with a Jacksonville team that was full of dysfunction, that was full of chaos, that had no idea what was going on. And then I watched the Jets. And whether it's unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, whether it's the lack of a pass rush, and I don't want to hear about quarterback hurries. You can take that stat and stick it with a sun don't shine. The Bengals are giving up sacks to everybody. Everybody's getting sacks against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, not the Jets. Basically, it took them two and a half quarters to get one that actually mattered in this football game. Where is the impact Robert Sala was supposed to have on this defense? To me, that's the biggest indictment I've seen so far from him. Because now you're in his second season. Okay. A lot of the guys, they've been there. They've done that. And I know when the Williams boys goes down, that's a big loss to the Jets. I understand that. But you know what? Somebody else has got to step up and make a play. Don't pat yourself on the back. Don't applaud the fact that your defense is better in the second half. Four quarters. Four freaking quarters defensively. This Jet defense, they send it all out blitz. Boom. What happens? Boyd to the house for a touchdown. Got to execute those plays. It's not a matter of coming close. Like, there's a moment now where it's like, you know what? That's over. That's done with. 
I need more out of this defense. I need more out of this coaching staff. And what this coaching staff is going to do with this young quarterback is really going to tell the story of what the look and the feel of this Jets season is going to feel like. Now we're playing for real. From a standpoint of, hey, quarterback's here. Wilson's out there. Moore's out there. Hall's out there. Let's grade him. Let's see if he is making the progress that we want to see. Let's see if this head coach is making the progress you want to see. Right now, I'm not seeing it. And I think he is one of the major question marks that the Jets have moving forward. You can't stay with me, JJ. I got my head coach. You can't feel that way a year and three games into the Robert Sala regime. Like, if I had a wager on it right now, and maybe this is the history of the Jets creeping in, and maybe I have a little bit too much PTSD, I don't know. What do I think is more likely? Robert Sala gets fired within the next two years? Or Robert Sala is the coach of the Jets for the next eight years? I, I would definitely wager on the fact that he's going to get fired within the next two years. Try to tell me otherwise. The proof will be in the pudding that's winning football games. So, thank heaven Zach Wilson is back. I've seen enough of Flacco, too. I mean, Flacco, listen, God bless him. He won a Super Bowl MVP. The guy cannot move. And they were poised to be made in this game against the Bengals. He didn't make them. Maybe due to the lack of his athleticism and limitations, maybe. Maybe due to his age. I don't know. But uh, enough, enough, enough of watching Joe Flacco play football on Sunday. Get him back with a baseball cap and a clipboard and a tablet and doing what he needs to do. We'll run around the league. We'll do the rest of week three. Pretty chaotic week three across the board. Uh, We'll have some fun with that in a little bit. Now, one last thing here in the open. The Mets had a terrible loss on Saturday. Friday, you were actually dreaming about the possibility of the Mets maybe putting the Braves away in the NL East once and for all. Even with these three games they have coming up in Atlanta because the Mets had won on Friday night. The Braves had lost on Friday to the Philadelphia Phillies. And you're looking at the lead and you're saying, okay, it's two and a half games. It's DeGrom and Scherzer. Bare minimum, we're going to get it to two and a half. Maybe we're going to grow it to three or four and a half and be done with this bad boy. Doesn't happen Saturday. DeGrom picked the worst time imaginable to go and have his worst start of the season. He wasn't very good. I don't want to hear about Angel Hernandez. I don't hear any excuses. DeGrom was awful. The A's pounded him. A's win. Mets lose. Braves win. They gain a game. Today, the Braves and the Phillies played an insane game. Insane game. I was by, can't say that I was dialed in the Braves-Phillies because there's 10 zillion things going on on Sunday. But, you know, you're checking the score. You're seeing Schwarber homers. You're seeing the back and forth. Crazy game. Crazy game. The Braves prevailed. Mets could not lose this game today. And to their credit, they came out with Scherzer on the mound. They came out offensively, and they said, we're going to beat the living daylights out of you today. Hit after hit after hit. Run after run after run. Much needed W. Much needed. You don't want to be sweating these three games in Atlanta. You get one in the second, two in the third, four in the fourth. Games that match. And hats off to Alonzo. And listen, Judge has kind of taken center stage with the record-setting season he's had. He's going for a triple crown. He's tying Babe Ruth. He's trying to pass Roger Maris. Like, it's a special season. Pete Alonso has had a wonderful year for the Mets. Wonderful, wonderful year. He's going to hit 40 home runs. 128 RBIs, a Met record. They go as he goes. I've said this multiple times for the Mets. They need Alonso and Lindor to really jumpstart this offense. Not just the guys at the top of the order who, yes, have to get on base, and yes, they miss Sterling Marte. But those guys, Lindor, Alonzo, they're driving in runs. They're getting the big hits. They're wrecking the game. Today, Lindor, three hits, three RBS. Alonzo, four hits, five RBS. Game records. So, the Mets take two out of three. Now, you know, the Braves have a game with the Nationals. You have to expect them to win that. This is going to be a one-game lead going into Tuesday. And the Mets 
we'll have the Marlins, the Braves, we'll have the Nationals. Do you sign for status quo right now? I tell the Mets fan, Braves win Monday night. You hold serve. One up going into Atlanta. Meaning if you lose two or three or even. Believe the Mets would still have the tiebreaker at that point. And remember, there's no one-game playoff. Head-to-head tiebreaker is going to decide the division. That's the way it goes with the new format. They don't want one-game playoffs. You lose the tiebreaker, you lose the division. I would not sign for that. I want to gain a game. That, to me, is the goal for the Mets. Can the Mets somehow, some way, gain a game from Atlanta? So that way, they're two up. And even if they lose two out of three, they still want up. That's my hope for the next couple of days for the Mets. Very interesting with the baseball. Mets, everything to play for over the next week. Yankees, after Aaron Judge, it's basically, hey, we got a week to tune up. We got a week to get everything right, maybe situated within our bullpen, which you don't feel great about, and see who you're going to play in that wild card round. Know this, though. October baseball in the Bronx and in Flushing, it's going to be rocking. You know what else is going to be rocking? We got a Monday night football game we're going to preview a little bit later on. But when we come back, voicemails, react to the weekend, Jets, Yankees, Mets. We'll see where they take us. That's coming up next. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. So before we do voicemails, we will be at MetLife Stadium. There will be a Spotify Live right after the Giants take on the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Daniel Jones is going to join us uh, after the Week 3 performance. Not sure what day yet. We'll have an update on that at some point tomorrow. Might be Tuesday. Might be Wednesday. Uh, we'll play it by ear. Look, the Giants are 2-0. They have clearly seen a drastic change from what they're getting from the coaching staff. It wasn't pretty against Carolina, and I got news for you. It's probably not going to be pretty against Dallas. The total for this game is under 40. The Giants are not putting up a lot of points. The Cowboys, without Dak Prescott, not exactly lighting the world on fire. Can the Giants make enough plays in this game offensively in order to win? You know it's going to be a ball control type of game. You know it's going to be the sort of game where field position is key. Any sort of points you could get on the board is key. But a big mistake or two could decide this ball game. Daniel Jones has done a terrific job so far this year, for the most part, of avoiding the big mistake. Got away with one in Tennessee. Did not make the big mistake last week against Carolina. But when there are opportunities to go and make some plays, you've got to make them. you got to make them. And I think if the Giants are going to win this game, and we're talking about a 3-0 football team on Tuesday. We're talking about mistake-free football, which is cliche and obvious. I understand that. We're also talking about Saquon Barkley having closer to the week one impact as opposed to the sort of game he gave the Giants last week, which was workmanlike, which was launch pail, which did the job. Got a lot of tough yards. That's something that's been a knock on Saquon Barkley in the past. I think they're going to need more in this game. Now, we'll see if the Giants end up getting a boost with Ojolari and Thibodeau. A lot of folks around the Giants think they're going to play tomorrow night. I love the color rush. I love the white uniforms. I love that we're going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. It's not outlandish to think 3-0. But I'll say this. If the Giants can split these next two games, Dallas and Chicago, and we're talking about a 3-1 team, to the first quarter of the season, even with Green Bay and Baltimore and tougher games on the horizon. That's the sort of hope you need to have a season. That's the idea. Hope to have a season. Something you haven't had around here in a long, long time. So looking forward to Monday night. 
Uh, coin flip game. Gut feel, I think the Cowboys win. I don't love it. It was not one of my old school, new school picks. Uh, we had our first losing week from 4-1 to 3-2 to 2-3. and three. It's not what you want, but there's a couple of picks that maybe I should have made. Could have, should have, would have. All right, voicemails. Let's hear them, Steph. Hey, JJ. Henry from Westchester. Watching Sunday Night Football here and, you know, had a long, long day watching these Jets. Same thing that happened, which pretty much happened every week under the Robert Sala era. They're undisciplined. They're missing tackles. They're blowing assignments. I mean, it's the same, it's the same goddamn stuff every single week. And that two minute miracle shouldn't overshadow the fact this guy gets run, just lapped by the best coaches in the league. Not even the best coaches in the league. Average coaches, it seems like, have us out prepared each and every week. And it's the difference in this league. Obviously, the NFL is all about coaching, and it just doesn't seem like we hired the right guy. I mean, you see the Jags, Doug Peterson, and, and Trevor Lawrence. Two years ago, we were in the same situation as them. Of course, we win two meaningless games at the end and don't get either. So, yeah, I mean, it's the same old Jets until proven otherwise. Obviously, they have a must-win next week against Pittsburgh, which I don't feel great about. But just wanted to hear your thoughts on kind of the Jets coach and the direction of the franchise. Later. It's funny you stole Fleegs and my point regarding Doug Peterson, who, yes, would be a massive coaching upgrade over what you currently have with Robert Sala. And that's not necessarily the, the judge, jury, the, the verdict on Coach Sala. It's more the verdict of what I do know what you'd be getting in Doug Peterson because he's been there and he's done that with the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, the Jets, to your point, on the defensive side of the ball, at times looked very unprepared. That's reality. You mentioned missing assignments. How about the missed tackling on that Boyd play for a touchdown? Can't happen. That's the sort of stuff. If you're going to send a zero blitz, you got to be able to have a situation where somebody could go and make a tackle. That, that, that just has to be the case. You need your corner of safety to be there to go and make the tackle. Not to have Boyd go and take it 50 yards for a touchdown. And I think one of the issues you're seeing with Salah, he is too concerned about whether the players like him or not. I think he wants to be beloved by the players. That's great, but they got to have your respect. It's two-way street. You want them to like you, but they also got to respect you. And right now, I don't know if the Jet players truly respect Robert Salah. They may like him. I think they like him a lot personally. But as far as the sort of leadership he is demanding out of the team, when you're constantly committing stupid, asinine, undisciplined penalties, that's a poor look for the head coach. Is it not? And we saw one of those yet again today from Davis. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. I mean, the game was probably over anyway. But when you think there's maybe a glimmer you could get back in the game, that basically flushes it right down the toilet. Who's next? What's going on, JJ? Kyle from Brick. Um... First and foremost, big win for your Dolphins. Um, that's a big win. No other way to put it. Um, you know, all these. I heard all these experts this week, or all these you know analysts this week talking about Tua. Oh, that's a six touchdown game. You know, it was a uh, flash in the pan. Nah, man, this team's for real. They just went, in, you know, Buffalo and kicked their ass. Um, obviously it was close, but they went in and, and showed him who's boss. Um, as for my Jets, uh, you know what, man? I'm going on 10 years watching this bullshit. Every fucking Sunday, I waste my time, especially this time of year when the weather's still, you know, nice. I'm done, man. I'm done. It, it's, it's just embarrassing to watch. I knew they were going to come out flat like this. I knew. Cincinnati was coming in with, you know, uh, at 0 and 2 with something to prove. And, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, it, it's bad timing. But next week, I'm actually, you know, me, my father and my brother are going out to Pittsburgh to, to watch the Jets, you know, out there. And, you know, I, I just don't even know why I waste my time anymore, bro. It, it's just the same fucking song and dance with this fucking franchise. You know, and, and you look now, cause I had this conversation with my buddy. 
the Jets are now, the Seattle Mariners are going to make the playoffs in baseball this year. The Jets are now, aside from the Sacramento Kings, the team that has the longest playoff drought in all of the four professional sports. And in, in, a, in a sport that had the fucking salary cap, how did that happen? Ownership. Bad decisions. The whole nine yards, man. I'm just <laughs> as a Jets fan, thank God the Yankees are, are taking care of business this year and they're gonna make the playoffs and hopefully go deep because it would be another miserable, miserable fall for me. And I I'm not one to follow basketball or anything. But I might have to start, you know, getting into that because yeah. Yeah, the Jets, man, I just don't even know where to turn anymore, bro. It's 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 sickening to watch. I'm sick wasting my fucking time and money. I almost don't even want to go next week, but it'll be a good, you know, family trip. And, uh, but other than that, bro, it's just, there's nothing other than Zach Wilson coming back next week. There's nothing, nothing to look forward to with this franchise. But love the show, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll call in again soon, bro. Later. Kyle, love you, pal. You sound like a beaten man. And I don't like hearing my folks beaten. Three weeks into an NFL campaign. But that's what the Jets do to you, folks. That's what they do. And let's not be delusional. I didn't expect them to win this game against Cincinnati. I thought it was a really bad spot for them against Cincinnati. But it's about showing progress. And it's tough to find that from the coaching staff at this point in time. The young players on the team, there's something there. With some of them, there's clearly something with Garrett Wilson. Sauce Gardner looks like he can ball. Brees Hall has been better. Like, great. Those are the sort of building blocks. Like, you need guys who can make plays in this league. You have a team that's null and void of offensive playmakers. You're a miserable, miserable, miserable watch every single Sunday. And for the better part of 10 years, outside of Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker 2015, where they were fabulous, who have been the playmakers for the Jets? Uh, you tell me. Go through it. Let's not count this year. Go through the last seven, eight years. Outside of Decker, Marshall, monster year from Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Jets have been embarrassing offensively. That's why I keep going back to this point with Wilson. You need him on the field. You need to see what he can do. You need to see how he's going to grow. You got to see him with the weapons. You got to see if you're going to have a jump with this quarterback. You didn't get that opportunity in the first three games of the year. Thankfully, when you go to Pittsburgh on Sunday, you'll get a chance to see your own quarterback. Thank goodness. Because now he's on the clock. And now he's got to get better. Let's go. That's the one thing for Zach. Tiffin ain't going to be patient. He goes and stinks up to join his first game back. Tiffin isn't going to care. Fair or unfair, that's the reality. And I'm not saying he necessarily has to be a savior, but you got to see strides moving in the right direction immediately. Next. JJ, what's up, man? It's Chris and Larchmont. Um, today should be a great day. It was my son, my, my third kid's christening, and it was a really nice day with family. Um, the christening was the beginning of the Jets game, so I had to kind of catch up on the game and then um, – it was able to watch um, since then. And, yeah, I mean, listen, I, we, we could go through the X's and O's of why, of how the Jets are deficient, rushing the passer, their defense is, is uh, getting, getting, getting run through like, has more holes in Swiss cheese. It feels like secondary is, is a mess, especially at the safety position. But I want to focus on the coach. And I want to believe Sal was this. I love his energy in San Francisco. You know, he, he looks the part. Too obviously outside of mismanaging injury expectations, say a lot of the right things. But this guy, listen, with, with quarterbacks and other players, sometimes you, you need to see some some time for them to develop. Even for, for Zach Wilson, who I'm not particularly high on, but I've seen enough with the guy where okay, maybe over the next the rest of this year, once he comes back from injury, we can see if this guy's if this guy's the real deal or not. Like usually, it takes until the two-thirds of the way or three-quarters of the way through year two to figure out if you have a quarterback. With a coach, I'm the believer that 
you can kind of see early on, even if it's a year that's supposed to be a rebuilding year. You saw it with your guy Flores, who was competent, uh, even year you expected to go one in 15 at the time. And you're seeing it with your coach McDaniel now. The guy, you know, your, your, your Dolphins are a team that looks ready to play every week. Salah hasn't been that guy. Five and 15 now as a, as a coach, you know, losing three quarters of the games. He's, 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 uh, set, you know, stepping onto the field and, and coaching. I mean, the guy looks in over his head. You have, Quinton, Yellow, Quinton Williams yelling at the defensive line coach. A lot of dysfunction that's just happening up and down the team. It just seems to be a product of the coach. And the defensive coordinator seems like he knows what he's doing. LaFleur has one good game out of six, it seems like. And the roster's not terrible. So I think with the coach you see earlier, and you see it across town with, with Dable. Dable looks like a coach. Looks like he knows what he's doing, even with a roster that needs, uh, needs more talent. So I'm done with the guy. Uh, I, and listen, I know this is a rebuilding year. I know I was optimistic that they could win seven games potentially or eight games even and be close to 500 being contention. That's what I was hoping for. But this guy, I just want him out of here. And I'm wondering, you know, what the, what the pathway is with this guy out of here? Is, could Douglas make a move and fire this guy? Are they attached? I'm just, I'm over him. And I'm, I try to be optimistic as a Jets fan, but I'm really just it now. We're not even through the month of September left yet. So anyway, uh, let's go Yankees. Um, Football as well. Congrats again on your Dolphins getting a big win. Getting a lot of love for my football team. So I'll be giddy in a few minutes on that, Chris. I promise you that. Um, the sense I'm getting from your phone call, from other phone calls, to talking to Jeff fans around town and knowing the Jeff fans that are in my life. I have plenty of Jeff fans that are in my life. I don't need to rattle them off. It seems like an overwhelming majority of you are done with the head coach. Here's my question. If this year goes as such, where Garrett Wilson looks like a good pick, Sauce Gardner looks like a good pick, Brees Hall looks like a good pick, marginal improvement, but not great improvement from Zach Wilson, does Douglas get the opportunity to tell ownership, hey, I'm picking players, I don't have the right coach. I need to get the right coach. Or is the owner going to say, hey, guess what? I'm not letting you pick another head coach. And I'm not letting you pick another quarterback. I don't know how Woody Johnson is going to view that. Because I do believe that Joe Douglas and his mindset and his process, it's sound. It makes a lot of sense. He's made moves that in many ways I support and I support in a big way. But if he didn't get the coach right and he didn't get the quarterback right, that's that's an awfully tough sell of ownership, folks. To be like, yeah, well, I hit on a lot of other stuff, but the coach and the quarterback, yeah, I whiffed. It was a monumental whiff. Because if I'm the owner, I'm going to say, hold on a second now. I'm, I'm going to let you pick another coach. I'm going to let you go and get another quarterback when you didn't want to trade out of two and you insisted on taking Zach Wilson. Like, I think Zach playing well and the coach still being incompetent makes Douglas look even better because then it's like, all right, now I'm going to get a coach that can mold Zach. Maybe he can sell that. Maybe he can spin that. I don't know. But the Jeff fan is down on Sal. And they should be. That game plan defensively today, where is the pass rush against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals? A team that has given up sacks like it's nobody's freaking business. And don't tell me, oh, they were close. They were close. I don't give a rat's ass. They didn't get them. Not good enough. And close doesn't equate to sacks and stops on the scoreboard. First half, Joe Burrow was able to do whatever the hell he wanted. So the Jet defense played better in the second half. Whoopty freaking though. Too little too late as far as I'm concerned. All right, one more. Let's hear it, Steph. JJ, Mike from Lindhurst, New Jersey. Big time Raider fan here. And same old Raiders, same old Derek Carr. New coach, new GM, new receiver, same garbage. How much longer am I going to have to put up with this? It's been too long, way too long. I'm 39 years old. I've seen my team in the playoffs twice, three times maybe, four times maybe. And it's pathetic. And I'm getting tired of it. What do I do? I don't know what else to do. 
give me some help, JJ, later. You know, I think all of us probably enjoy hearing a disgruntled fan of another team calling New York, New York, but that's the way it goes. You know, football around town is interesting because obviously the most fans in town are going to be the Giants and the Jets fans. I understand that. But because of the nature of the NFL, and I know I obviously fit in this category, there are Raider fans. I'm hanging with Brother Bry, my cousin Sal, who are New York guys today. We were watching the 4 o'clock games. Brother Bry's a Raider fan, cousin Sal's a Cowboy fan. Um, I have buddies who are Titan and Steeler and Hacker and you name it type of fans. So that's the nature of the NFL and will always be the nature of the NFL. As far as the Raiders, I'm not taking any bows yet. I was not high on them going into the year. I know they made the playoffs last season. I know they had this splashy offseason with Daniels, Devontae Adams, uh, bringing in Chandler Jones on the defensive line. What has Josh McDaniels won as a head coach? What has he won? Five and one start with Denver before it just bottomed out and he basically had to beg Belichick to get his job back? I'm not certain that Josh McDaniels is NFL head coach. That's why anytime his name would be thrown around in a rumor mill, I'd be like, okay. I don't know if I'd want him coaching my team. Raiders had a good thing going last year with Pitt Boss Rich. They did. It was like this us-against-the-world type mentality. The defense just played poorly. Derek Carr has not been as good. He's making too many bad decisions. And look, that's going to be McDaniel's show. We all understand that. But I wouldn't be surprised Derek Carr is playing somewhere else next year. And as far as the Raiders, they're a fourth-place team in that division. And I don't think the AFC West, or might I add, is as good as everybody thought it was. It's good. People are talking about it being this record-setting division. It is not going to be a record-setting division. Denver is a very vulnerable 2-1. Kansas City just had a terrible loss to Indianapolis, but they're going to be fine. And the Chargers have problems. They're 1-2, and two and they just got smoked by the Jaguars today. But the Raiders at 0-3? I don't think that team's sniffing the playoffs this year. I know it's 17 games. I know it's a longer season. I bet him as an under. And three weeks into the campaign, I feel pretty good about that. Just saying. Before we say goodbye, we will run around the league. Uh, there were some major winners. A couple of big losers. Biggest winner of the week? You already know. You already know. We're coming right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Biggest winner of the week. It's not even close. My beloved Miami Dolphins. They haven't beaten the Bills in forever. And I don't want to hear about heat. I don't want to hear about humidity. I don't want to hear about the guys that were missing in the Buffalo secondary. Miami barely had the football in the game. Barely had the football. But they did a masterful job when they needed to of keeping Josh Allen out of the end zone. Did Buffalo have some major self-inflicted wounds? You better believe it. Not scoring at the end of the first half was a killer. Him spiking the ball into the ground was a killer. The clock management at the end of the game. That's a big boy win for the Dolphins. The Dolphins under Flores got punked and embarrassed by the Bills every which way. They were down in the game. Tua with the big play to Waddle. Survives that concussion or back, whatever the hell it was. I thought he was concussed. Seems like he wasn't. Hopefully. The Dolphins are right about that. Obviously, that's a scary situation. But my team is finding ways to win. 
Last week, it was six touchdowns. This week, it's chaotic defense, intensity, finding a way. Good teams find a way to win. Dolphins, one of three unbeatens remaining. The other, the Philadelphia Eagles. So much for a letdown for the Eagles. Carson Wentz looked awful. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts and Tua, two guys that everybody had going into the year with a whole lot to prove. So far this season, both of those guys are balling out for their respective teams. That's a big, big win for Philadelphia because there's no letdown against the Commanders. Baltimore, 37 to 26 over New England. Lamar continues to make plays. Usually, New England takes away what you do best. Mark Andrews, that's what Baltimore does best with Lamar Jackson. They didn't take him away. He scored two touchdowns. Lamar goes for five. And Mac Jones, after the Pats had 10 zillion mistakes and self inflicted wounds, 10 zillion. Lamar killing him. And then Mac Jones hobbling off the field with the uh, high ankle sprain. So, not ideal for New England. One and two, and they're going to Lambeau next week. Talked about the Raiders, 24-22. Couldn't get that two-point conversion late. Uh, Tennessee needed a win. The Raiders, 0-3, a whole lot of trouble. Bears, barely, 23-20 over the Texans. I told you guys that line stunk. Carolina, big win for them. Gets rule everybody off his back for a week. Saints, disappointing one and two. I don't know what's going on with their offense. Jacksonville, what a win for them, 38-10 to 10 over the Chargers. I don't know why Herbert played in this game, and I don't know why Herbert was out there in the fourth quarter when the game was over. That made absolutely no sense. But look at the job that Doug Peterson is doing with Jacksonville. They are 2-1, and one, and they have a legitimate, legitimate opportunity to make noise in that lousy AFC South. Jacksonville can win that division. That is not crazy. Huge win for the Colts. The Colts outplayed the Chiefs. The Colts did everything in their power to lose the game. They couldn't convert on fourth down. They finally put together a drive at the end of the game and won. They took advantage of some shoddy Kansas City special teams. Chiefs 2-1, they'll be fine. Colts needed that one. That's a big win for Reich and company. Green Bay survives late. They got the late two-point stop. 14-12 over the Packers. Game was ugly as expected. Defensive-minded as expected. Weird talking about Rodgers and Brady playing a game that's 14 to 12, but it's kind of the state of both of those teams right now. They'll be playoff teams, but the teams that had firepower in the past, Green Bay doesn't have it. Tampa's waiting on the firepower to return. Um, I had the Rams, thank goodness, 20 to 12 over Arizona. Uh, thank goodness Kingsbury kicked the field goal late. I was watching that game with Cousin Sal and the guys. We did a Spotify Live. I was losing my mind. Absolutely losing my mind. Big win for the Rams. They got the two and one. Arizona, I'm not a believer. They got to get Hopkins back, but I'm just not a believer in the personnel they have on that team. And I'm not a believer in the head coach. I think the head coach is terrible. But anyway, Atlanta 27-23 over Seattle. Late interception from Geno Smith. Atlanta, they got weapons. I don't know if they're any good, but Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, they got weapons. And at last but not least, that Sunday night game was hideous. I mean, how happy is Dan Orlovsky? Who's happier today, Sanchez with the butt punt or Olafsky because Garoppolo basically loses the, loses the game for the Niners because he steps out of the end zone with a safety? Weird game. Uh, the Niners did nothing on offense. Denver did nothing on offense till the final possession. Denver's looked awful in the 2-1. and one. Go figure. Go figure. They're going to have to play so much better if they want to contend with the big boys within the AFC. But... My big winners today, pretty simple. Miami, Jacksonville, Philadelphia. And my big losers, New England, because of what's going on with Mac Jones. And then the Raiders. A lot of people like the Raiders, not me. 0-3. 0-3 with the Broncos coming up next week. They better win that game. They don't win that game. They are in for a long, long season. All right. Trivia is back. Larry is back. I hope he took it easy on me. Larry, please, take it easy on me, pal. What's up? JJ, Larry in Florida. Here's the first one. Who, who's the currently the major league leader in stolen bases? Second one is Judge got to 54 homers about 10 days ago. Who was the last American League hitter to get to 54 home runs? I'm out. Oh, man. The last American League hitter to get to 54 home runs. Well, I was going to say Aaron Judge in 2017. Would he count as a proper answer or no? 
So you're telling me, Steph, somebody after Aaron Judge got to 54 home runs in the American League? It was actually before Aaron Judge. Oh, so we're going before Aaron Judge. All right, so we're not counting the 2017 season. Understood. Understood. I am going to say American League, 54 home runs. Alex Rodriguez. Mm. Wow, and I was confident in that answer, too. Very, very confident in that answer. All right, I have two more guesses. I have two more guesses. I don't feel great about these. Josh Hamilton. Mm. Nope. This is a tough question. This is a very, very tough question. It's not A-Rod. It's not Hamilton. Is it Big Poppy David Ortiz? Mm. I, I do not. Steph, I do not know who this is. Give me a hint here on this American League player. Uh, he played in the American League East. American League East. Vlad Guerrero Jr.? It's not Vladdy Jr. It's not Big Poppy. It's not A-Rod. I'm at a loss here. Oh, I think I know. Is it Jose Bautista? There we go. That took a lot of work. That was not an easy question. But we got there, Larry. As far as the stolen bases, I actually think I know this because I had him on my fantasy team. That's the only reason why I think I know this one. Is it Birdie from the Marlins? See, I knew that. See, that's the, the only reason, Stefan, I knew that one is because I had him in fantasy and I picked him up specifically because he stole a ton of bases. That's the that's seven the only, of them. You can't beat that. That's a lot of points. That's what I mean, dude. It's sad we didn't help Keenan and I with our fantasy team, but that's a story for a different day. So, Larry, good job today. You challenged me. You took it kind of easy on me. You didn't give me one from, like, 1965, so we'll take that as a win. All right, Jeff Money, before we say goodbye, what's your point for Monday night? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper. Picks with you tomorrow, Monday the 25th, the Monday night football game, but before that, I finished all all my one o'clock games or all my uh, super contest style five plays. I wound up going three and two. Had a had a had a over five hundred week finally there. I hit my money play again with the Bengals. I hit with uh, your Dolphins again. It took them three weeks for another winner with them. I hit with the Bears and I lost with the Vikings and the Commanders. So it was three and two for the week with that. As far as the Monday night game, I'll give it a slight edge with this Monday night. I got to pick it. I'm going to take. They're going to go with the Giants minus the one over my Cowboys. Yes, I'm going to go with the Giants minus the one. Very small on that one. And I know you're uh, going the other way with my boys. So if I'm wrong on my pick, that's fine with me. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Very surprised that you are not riding with your beloved Dallas Cowboys. Very, very surprised about that. Um, I don't love the game. I think it's going to be ugly. I know I've picked the Giants the first two weeks of the year. That's why, like, Joe picked Dallas as one of his contest plays. I didn't want to do that. Giants been too good to me this year. And I prefer to see the Giants go and win this game. Better for business. Better for the podcast. I think it's a tough spot for them. I think Dallas finds a way. We'll see if we're talking about the Giants as a 3-0 football team in 24 hours. Great job by Stefan. Stefan, it's good to have you back. Highlight of vacation. If, if there was something that you missed over the last week, what was the what was the item in sports? Was it the Jet stunning comeback a week ago? Was it Aaron Judge on Tuesday night? What was the moment you missed the most on your week hiatus? So I will say I missed Sunday. I was a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit jealous about Sunday's content. Um, every New York team wins on one day. I don't know when we're going to ever get that again. So to miss uh, out yeah, on that, that, I got news that for you, Steph. May not happen again. Exactly. We may have some opportunities, though, with the Yankees and the Mets playing in the postseason this year. 
Need the Jets and the Giants to cooperate, though. That's that's the, the hard part of the. Yes. That's those are the hard legs of this parlay, as we would say in our Wrigley gambling terms. But um, I missed that. Um, it, it it was good. I got to watch the Jet come back live. That was amazing. I got to see Judge hit sixty live. That was amazing. Um, it just it you know a little, a little like a little FOMO. But I'm happy to be back. We got Jet. We got Giants Cowboys tomorrow. We got a crazy series with the Mets this weekend. So I missed out on a little bit, but. There's a lot more to come. As you you like feel like you're ready to hit the ground running, which is good. You are refreshed. You are recharged. And uh, you wondered how I was surviving the final two minutes of the Dolphin game. So I appreciate you working on <laughs> Oh, that. yes, I yes. I, I, I said I would pay money to see how much you were going crazy in the house watching your you Dolphins like me, almost Steph, giving it away. winding the clock at the end of the game. I'm like, wind it! Wind it! Wind it! <laughs> and to see, that, to see that game end with the clock striking zero... Oh, it's fabulous. I mean, it's a September game. You don't want to get two nuts, but I'm not going to lie, bro. I am delirious about my football team. To quote Beningo, absolutely delirious about the Dolphins. Absolutely. As you should, though. 3-0 and and, and Not only 3-0, the teams they have beaten. It, that's important. That's important. New England, Baltimore, who owns them? Buffalo, who owns them? Yeah. Big boy shit right there, bro. Shout out to Mike McDaniel, man. The nerd, man. The whiz kid. I love it. We'll see if he gets them ready to go for a short week against the Bengals. But, bud, it's good having you back. So we got a loaded week every which way, as you know. Live Monday night after Giants-Cowboys will be posted more than likely. Then Jones this week. We're going to have a same-game parlay. I'm going to be in the lab. I'm going to figure out what we're going to do for Giants and Cowboys. Even though I like the Cowboys in the game, I'm not going to give that. We're not going to put that juju in the air. So it probably will be the under. And then a variety of different things that I want to play. So we'll have the same game parlay for Giants and Cowboys. Mets Braves this week. Judge this week. Yankees maybe clinching the AL East. A lot happening. A lot happening. Whole lot of, you know, fires going every which way here in New York sports. So, Steph, good thing you're back, bro, because we're hitting the ground running every which way. Loaded week. Back tomorrow. Enjoy. Be good, everybody.